All right, welcome back, everyone. Uh, today we have Jerome, an uh, Irish dairy farmer, and we also have Realism as our Irish accent translator, if need be. Uh, Glenn was going to join us uh, today, but he said that's too many. He's Irish. That's just too many Irish people on the podcast. We have a we have an upper cap. And uh, <laughs> no, I told him being a Notre Dame football fan doesn't count, uh, at least not for Irish American. Yeah. From the five to the six, we be in the mix with that rare candy paint job on the whip. I need food for the kids, money for the rent. Fuck a lockdown, baby, I can't do that shit. And I don't never vote, cause I'm fucking broke. And either way, I know the police ain't gonna leave me alone. On a plane by the visit, Glen Rock, me crypto told me I should bring the Glock with me. So I packed up my piece and I'm sliding. Cause we might get caught up in a riot. Middle finger Trump, middle finger Biden. Fuck a left, fuck a right, is you riding? Boy, you love to see it, dudes rocking. Ain't no politics, baby, we just talking. From the birds to the bricks, we be in the mix. With that rare candy paint. Job on the whip, who you but uh yeah welcome thank you so much for doing this the real reason he's not here is because we this is a very early morning podcast we scheduled it because uh, of the time difference <laughs> yeah how long what is it it's because it's 7 a.m here and was it three over there two or three three thirty now okay PM. yeah 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 yeah, I always forget about that. That's such a huge gap, you know. Well, thanks for making the time to come on. Um, first question, how are the cows doing? Cows are fine. Um, they're living their good life. Um, yeah. What's the season say, yeah. and the weather over there right now? The, the season is late summer, I guess. Um, temperature, yeah, weather is fine. Weather has been very good this year really um oh, wow. a little warmer than normal i suppose but um uh, yeah it's yeah. it's been very pleasant really the summer summer so far yeah Great. we could do a little more rain yeah, but yeah. that's kind of the exact yeah. same as it is out out here for us in the pacific northwest i would say yeah it was weird it was yeah. we had a extremely like cold start to the summer and then it got almost way too hot you know these giant heat we had, we're in the middle one now kind of um not the really bad one but yeah and you know rain forever so it's interesting yeah how many uh head yeah. of cattle how many cows do you have uh, yeah cattle, well like right now and generally yeah milking cows we've uh, about 130 milking cows and you have yeah you have about a similar amount of um support stock that's what you got, you know, young stock. Okay. Um, so yeah, about about two fifty total head of so that, cattle on, on the farm. Yeah, that rotates. So the support grow up to be milking cows, and yeah, typ typically you 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 have to replace about twenty percent of your dairy cows each year. Um, okay. They yeah. have a working life, so you know yeah, they yeah. fall off the end, and, and you you replace them. Uh, on, yeah, yeah. With the younger ones, then so that that's how that works. Okay. Cool. Yeah. yeah 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 so this whole start yeah. i mean this whole thing started where we we got you on because um the whole we were talking about that we had an episode about the irish the carry gold irish butter controversy and the lawsuit that was going on i think it started in 2018 but i think it was recently just dis dismissed in favor of carry gold um mm -hmm where and you you're part of their cooperative basically right more or less or how does that um, yeah more or less um there are a number of <clears throat> cooperatives around the country and the co-ops then in turn own carry gold 
So yeah. I, I'm kind of one step removed from owning it, but we still own it, you know. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how and that just works. to give a scale. Yeah. I mean, obviously, agriculture is huge in Ireland, and especially dairy farming. And Kerrygold is huge in Ireland, and Kerrygold's huge everywhere, right? It's just it's like your biggest export, right? And more or less, and or one. Um, well, it, it'd be our biggest dairy export, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. yeah, but it's a huge yeah. thing out there, right? Like, there's there's a like, what's the network of farms and farmers? How how many of of you guys are there, basically? Um, we have eighteen thousand dairy farmers in the country. I looked at the stats before wow. before I I got I got uh, I got speaking with you because I didn't actually know the detail. Um, eighteen thousand average average number of cows is ninety cows. Okay, um, so eighty thousand times ninety. Eighteen eighteen thousand. Yeah, about one one point five oh, million okay. cows. Okay. I think. In, in oh, the okay. Wow. Okay. And if you if you put that in context, it's just about one percent of the, the the global number of cows. Just so in it's, Ireland. It's, wow. Yeah, yeah. Yes. It's it's relative. It's it's small in in moral terms. But yeah. You're saying Kerry Gold is our biggest um, export. I I. It may be in dairy, but even with one percent of. Um, the 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 world dairy cows we produce somewhere around between fifteen and twenty percent of uh, world infant farmer yeah 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 and, and that's a reflection of the the quality of milk that's available in the country for yeah for for, for those premium products you know yeah and it's a huge deal in America I remember it was all it was always kind of around the carry gold and mm-hmm. you know and I've always been going to natural grocery stores my well you know since I got it maybe when I was like you know, late teens, early twenties, you know, kind of just, that's all I've done, you know, is co-op and natural stuff. But now you see it everywhere. And I have, you know, like my, like my cousin, she's a mom. She gives her kids only carry gold, right? It's just a huge, you know, everyone knows about carry gold and it's like kind of the standard. It's like the, you know, there might be more expensive, you know, more niche, niche butters out there, but it's definitely the carry gold's the gold standards, you know, so to speak, it seems right. And, yeah, it's definitely just yeah. taken over America. So, yeah, have you seen and you've yeah. seen that growth over the years? Uh, you're obviously on the back end or the the production side of it, but have you noticed that explosion? How does that translate for you? We we wouldn't really have known it because the the, <clears throat> yeah. the price we get for our milk is an amalgamation of um, the price that's received for a lot of product that we produce. So yeah. dairy gold is feeding, or carry gold is feeding into that. And it's obviously feeding in probably a, 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 a bigger percentage of the price than what the size of the product yeah. is compared to our output, you know? Yeah. And yeah, we, yeah. we'd know that, but we wouldn't have known from here that 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 carry gold was taking over, like you say, in the States or, or in Europe. We'd have heard this, but it wouldn't be it wouldn't be in our face constantly, constantly like you know. I see. Because that makes sense. We we we've expanded a good bit in dairy in this country since we were we we were constrained with quotas. The EU imposed quotas since mm. from eighty three to fifteen to twenty fifteen. Oh, so wow. yeah, so we ju- we just couldn't produce any any extra milk, and then when quotas were removed in twenty fifteen, we had to. You could nearly call it an explosive ex- expansion since over the last six or seven years. 
So what happened in really 2015? What happened in the quarters? Quarters were removed. What, and what? What I mean, what led to that politically, or how does that work from from an Irish perspective? Yeah, if we could, <clears throat> each farm could supply as much milk as they really wanted to. Uh -huh to supply before we we had a given quantity that we could supply and we couldn't supply any more than that also it was like a cap um, okay yeah um, yes yeah, yeah it's a quarter yeah you, you had a, a certain amount yeah. you could you could produce and that was it you just mm. couldn't do any more than that um how individual farms kind of grew during those years was a lot of producers gave up and exited and the people that stayed at it bought their quotas and um produced their their entitlement in the meantime yeah. so you, you kind of could grow but there was a lot of capital expense needed to purchase those quotas you know okay they had a value they had a value you know so, that's interesting yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah so i suppose the eu i think could have seen that the the eu <clears throat> they were a major dairy in um, entity but they're <clears throat> Say their share of the world market of 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 the da of of dairy produce was declining because they had supply capped. Yeah, yeah. Yes, you can imagine. So then the, the, that's why they removed quotas. So yeah, that that was the, the so reason. That was a but, good. That was a good thing, basically, for you guys, essentially, and that it was, it was good for us because yeah. we have a natural environment to to produce milk here. You know. Was it it's, bad for it? Were the quotas being removed bad for anyone or any group? I don't see how that would. Yeah, it, it, it probably was bad. And that if you owned a, a sizable quota and it had a capital value in 14 and it had no capital value in 16. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. Like a timing right. thing. Yeah. 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 So okay. yeah, you, you lost an, an asset, but um, yeah, you, yeah. You, were, you were free to, to produce as much as you could really after that so th yeah. that's that's how we've how the dairy industry has. now we probably have a new quota coming on stream now again like because uh, our greenhouse gases are are, are are going to be kept actually we're going to have to reduce the greenhouse gas emissions from agriculture by 25 percent over the next seven years okay which will probably lead to a reduction in in, in probably lead to a reduction in, in the dairy herd Wow, you know, there's a lot of yeah. moving part, a lot of moving parts to all this, and yeah, you can see politics, huh? politics, and that's that's you were speaking about the Dutch situation, and that's really what's yeah. driving all that's uh, protest. Really, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. So it's not just it's, it's kind of other farmers and other countries are taking note, and they're kind of they're they're not. It's not just they're not just watching like a spectator sport with this whole. For anyone listening who doesn't know what's going on with the Dutch, so from what I understand, it's they're kind of imposing these draconian measures on Dutch farmers, kind of trying to limit their quote-unquote carbon output, um, which is funny to me because I, I I've known for a long time that Dutch the Dutch farmers are very, you know, well a they're very ecological in terms of as far as farming goes, and they're very small farm oriented, you know, like niche product flowers and fruits and things like that so really it just it the critics of it and i would say we're all critics of it here uh, it, uh the critics of it say that it's basically just a way to 
limit farmers making food for regular people, right? And the, that it's it's not it really doesn't have anything that it won't have any meaningful climate impact, even if you believe fully the whole the whole climate everything about it, you know, and everything. It really wouldn't have any. It's just a terrible policy that wouldn't actually. It would only hurt regular people and farmers, right? And uh, would, yeah. would you agree with that? Did I sum it up okay, or did, what do you have to add to that? Yes, you, you, yeah. Um, it's complicated, Bob. But you, you can, you, you, you can, you can speak about it in general terms. Really, I, I mean, mm-hmm. Dutch dairy farmers or, or Dutch farmers in general are always going to be first in line for for this for for these. They were going to be hit with the hard discuss because they're excellent farmers. They're they are truly i'd say the best farmers in the world uh-huh. but they're very intensive, intensive very intensive yeah. uh-huh. yes Small they can produce more f- yeah they can yeah. produce more f- more product from a given area of land anywhere yeah yeah, yeah. um i mean uh-huh. they, they have been reclaiming land from the sea with centuries like, yeah you know? yeah that's kind of what yeah. that's what the netherlands is basically right it's just a, it's like <laughs> Yeah, like should it even exist? You know, yeah, how do they do that? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so when the cuts are going to come, I mean, we could all that they were just going to, you know, we're all going to get cut, but they were going to get cut by the biggest amount. Yeah. Um, and you can see, like, methane is is you know about methane. Um, I think it's something over 220 times the greenhouse gas effect of carbon dioxide is what they say, you know. But uh-huh. cows, oh, methane, 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 yeah, methane, methane, yeah. No, I agree. No, where's, yeah. where's the translator gun? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, well, that's the funny, yeah. So go on about that because, yeah, yeah, I feel yeah. pretty strongly about that too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the methane is cold burps and stuff. And, um, mm-hmm. like, from a farmer's point of view, cows are, Grazing animals have been burping since Adam was a baby, like you know. Yeah. Um. You know, all these herds of animals were that were grazing animals as such were, were all so. Meeting has a twelve-year cycle, and yeah. it goes. It go, yeah. You you know this. You you've been through this, I presume, have you? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So it's a yeah. much shorter time frame for the methane. Yeah, the, meth- the methane than the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Yeah. Then, uh, yeah. Then CO two is a lot longer, right? It's more the what is it, the eighty hundred year kind of thing, right? Yeah, uh, for nitrous oxide and and, and yeah. carbon dioxide. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, uh, farmers are probably carrying the can for. They're being made to carry the can, or made to, are being made to try and provide a solution. A quick fix solution until they get the fossil fuel things, fuel fuel stuff wow. in order from where we can see it. Like, because all yeah. the extra carbon in the world is coming from nowhere else on fossil fuels. Like, yeah, cows are not producing extra carbon dioxide or or methane yeah. or yeah, it's 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 recycling the same stuff. They're not producing any extra. The yeah. extra stuff is coming from the fossil fuels. You know? Yeah, so, for sure. Yeah. yeah, there's a, yeah, it's an organic process with with cows or with any, you know, I think you grow basically, right? Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Yeah. So there's that. Um, the, the, yeah, the, I can see the farmers are going to feel out, don't I? Because if, 
if, if we're producing these extra greenhouse gases, and then we say, okay, we'll mitigate that. We'll, we'll put up solar panels on, on our farm and we'll grow some extra trees. Yeah. We'll put up wind turbines and we'll save um, extra carbon production by doing that. And they said, no, you can't do that because the, the carbon you save by doing that will be credited to the electricity sector or the fuel sector. Yeah. Wow. That's Seriously. Fair. Yeah. <laughs> so, sounds good. Yeah. So you can imagine yeah. how you'd get up on a tractor and drive it up and down the road and set fire to a few tiles. If that's what you're listening to, you know? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it seems like these, these policies are set up by either people that don't understand how farms work or, or more scarily, people who understand all too well and are purposely trying to remove farmers from the from the from the economic pool and try and consolidate or try and consolidate farming power up the chain right which is something i also wanted to talk with you about because that's the whole american story right yeah. which is yeah I, I actually don't think that's I, I think they just don't okay th this is driven by the people who decided to shut down their nuclear plants and put all their energy security into russia yeah yeah yeah, yeah. They're the brains not, behind all this. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not the sharpest tools in the shed. Yeah. Well, yeah, okay, yeah. And we are going to see, yeah. yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how uh, that plays out uh, over the next uh, couple months. Huh? Yeah, over the next, yeah, half a year mm -hmm. or so. Yeah. Yeah, well, we three fertilizer factories in Europe shut down yesterday. Wow, yeah. Because of, uh, they depend on uh, natural gas to make. Um, ammonia nitrogen fertilizer and it's kind of too expensive to do that yeah there's the fertilizer issue too right yeah uh-huh yeah yeah okay yeah. yeah now okay so this is interesting because i'm you know i'm very aligned with the um the the get off you know the the independent farmers thing getting off art you know artificial fertilizer and the, you know, Haber Bosch process and everything like that kind of get, you know, I do believe that we, you know, that th there are endless benefits towards moving towards those kinds of systems, which, you know, I feel like the, the Irish, the Irish farmers more or less embody kind of just as a, as the way their way of doing things anyway. But also I think it's a dumb idea to say like, in the middle of it's kind of like with fossil fuels right like yeah okay maybe we should move beyond them but do we want to cut it off right now and have people starve right is that kind of you know it's kind of like a what are you going to pick right it's it's kind of a bad thing or with like factory farming you know it's like yeah it's like do we want to end that and have people starve or do we want to transition kind of a thing so it's yeah i, I don't know if you feel the same about that but i feel yeah these kind of weird they're playing with human lives at, at some point, you know, way, way down the line where mm. it just becomes very, very strange and these activities that they're doing. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes it's hard to take a holistic view of the whole thing when you're at the coal face, you yeah. know, um, like we are, but you can, you can. And, and I suppose we, we, we are um, reducing our reliance on artificial fertilizer. We have an active policy of doing that. Yeah. Um, you, you can, there are various plants that pick nitrogen out of the air and, and fix it in the ground. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The clovers and uh, the, uh, the legumes. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. 
yeah so that, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah yeah that's happening yeah um yeah like maybe uh, i know it's, we, we were saying grass based and and and, and grazed the whole bit but we can add extra plants into the swab that will give us um a better um there's in routes to different parts of the soil to pick those nutrients that are there to grow the plant yeah so we have a we don't it won't be all grass but it'll be all uh forage and uh yeah, yeah. it's actually yeah it's better it's better for for the animals as well they have a, a more varied sort to, to to graze as well so that's okay, going on yeah. um yeah well, let's get yeah. into this about the controversy because we were, we were, yeah, we, we skipped over that. I wanted to talk about the, the lawsuit and that kind of blew up on, on Twitter and everything and the whole that Americans didn't know that Kerrygold Irish butter was not GMO free, right? Per se. And then people were arguing the amounts and the percentages of, of, um, of GMO feed in the average Kerrygold you know, cow or butter, you know, product. And I have a kind of, I feel I have a different perspective on this because I've seen these issues come up over and over again, in like the natural health movement. And I also know a little bit about the history of Ireland and GMOs. Um, I used to study uh, GMOs quite a bit, still do. But uh, so yeah, talk me through that. And about the you know, the the average, the, the GMOs in Kerrygold Irish butter versus okay, the grass fed so, and the forage. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, you know that GMOs are banned in Europe anyway, for starters. We, we don't have mm-hmm. GMOs, but we, they're banned as far as growing them are concerned. And Ireland grow. was, Ireland was, in 2018, they did that on their own, independent of Europe, correct? No, Europe's think. always been GMO free. Okay. Because oh, I remember seeing yeah. articles like in 2018 about Ireland specifically banning the growth of GMOs. So I don't know what that was about, if that was connected or not. Yeah. No, they've, but, they've never been a, uh, Europe, the EU has never allowed GMO okay. uh, uh, food to be grown be grown in, in Europe. Okay. It's never been allowed. So yeah. th- that, that's that's to kick off. Um, okay, the, the grass grazed, I mean, yeah. I suppose uh, our cows calf in the spring. Okay, a, a cow in order for a cow to produce milk, she must have a calf. Mm-hmm. So that, that's where we start. And <laughs> you know, every farmer, you don't have to say this to farmer; they just know it. But I'm yeah. saying you probably have Court, no, in your audience yeah. people that break it down. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. So so cow our cows will will calve typically in about eight or nine weeks. They'll all they'll all calve in eight or nine weeks. Okay. in february march time okay. because that's when grass starts to grow in the springtime okay. okay so as soon as 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 soon as they have a calf and and they're re- and they're ready to go they they're they're out grazing okay. then so the milk that's produced is off grass there um just by the way the reason carry gold has a yellow golden fla- uh, color is because it's because they eat grass. The grass gives that butter its yellow color. Mm-hmm. The vitamin, B- the, the carotene and things, right? Carotene, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, like, cows then graze all the <clears throat> springtime, all across the summer, into early autumn. Uh, both 
maybe 270 days, 280 days at grass, that's when the butter is produced. There's no butter produced in this country when cows are not grazing. Yeah. Okay, so when cows are indoors, they eat silage, which is preserved grass. It's yeah. Like pickled grass. Okay. <laughs> that's what you and you kind of have you can't have them grazing all year round because enough of grass doesn't grow in the winter time. Yeah. You know, for, and ground conditions are are not ideal for them to be out grazing anyway. Yeah. So come February time, cycle starts all over again. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, that's kind of it in in a nutshell. What do we? Because that's the system we use. I think our national average yield per cow is around five thousand liters. Okay. Per which cow. is about half the American output per cow. Ten thousand for American cow. You'd be there. I think. Yeah, I think I saw twenty thousand odd pounds. Like. Um, yeah. Yeah. A, a, okay. a liter. Yeah. So. Yeah, and we take a lower yield, which is, you know, um, it's probably more, the lower, the lower your yield per cow, the more it's going to cost you to produce. But mm -hmm. because our cows are out grazing, that's, they do two things. They feed themselves, so you don't have to cut and haul the feed. Yeah. And they take their poo out with them and they spread it around the field, so you don't have to gather that up and bring it out. And Yeah. Mm -hmm. Apply it back that. out to the field again. So yeah, yeah, you see, you see totally. there. So yeah, yeah, it's a much so, yeah more better system. It seems my my whole yeah, thing you, was with the GMO feed. I keep hearing like it's only three percent of the feed, you know, or it's only two percent or five percent of the feed, and yeah, and again, you know, it's debatable. I think they've even studied, you know, because I I I'm very familiar with the the real health effects of GMOs. Cause I do think there's the pro GMO side that says there's nothing wrong with them whatsoever. They're perfectly fine. That in fact, they're mm -hmm. better than anything that's ever existed. And then there's the, ex the extreme other end of the spectrum that is like, you know, they, they will alter your genetic code or something. Right. And, and those were both always. So, I mean, the thing is, I do feel that any agricultural system is going to have pluses and minuses and, I know there are negatives associated with uh, GMO, the way we grow GMO crops and, and feed them, mm -hmm. whether it's whether it's Roundup or BT, you know, BT internal insecticide, those kinds of things. What I don't get is if it's only two or three percent of the feed of the average Kerrygold farmer, why doesn't Kerrygold just go GMO free? It would seem like it would it wouldn't cost virtually anything more, you know, or it or it'd be very minimal, and you'd get that you get that label so to speak and that's huge for americans right american consumers and uh, consumers all over the world and i just yeah. don't get why it, why it's kind of it seems like a, i think people's trust was maybe a little hurt by that and they it's kind of like a weird thing where like it's like yeah it's probably not a huge health concern but also there is the principle and like america is very funny because it's you have people, you know, the vast majority of people don't care about anything, what they put in their bodies, but then a small minority care a lot. And, you know, I'm, I'm kind of one of those small minority, yes. you know, so it was, mm. it was just interesting. I want, do you have any comments on that? And, um, yeah. Like, I, I, yeah. Yeah. I would, I suppose, um, right. I don't have, I don't really have the figures, but we, we do have a tillage, um, 
sector in this country and you know we produce grains here in this country as well which yeah are, are all consumed in this country because we are deficient in in grains so some have to be okay. imported okay? yes yes okay so um so what three percent if it's even that bob um yeah we, we feed a small amount really and the reason is is to carry um it's to carry mineral for the cows yeah yeah they consume it while they're milking maybe a half kilo or whatever but yeah a lot of that or the most of the majority of it i'd say practically all of it is made up of byproducts really and byproducts yeah. are we well, say sugar beet pulp yeah which cows are just crazy for yeah um, <laughs> yeah <laughs> you have citrus citrus pulp okay and they're self-explanatory i presume those yeah 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 yeah, yeah. you have uh, palm kernel feed which is a byproduct of the palm oil industry yeah. so grains that are produced gmo very i don't know is there any of it even getting into dairy feed like we probably import gmo i don't even know if we import gmo i i don't know i honestly don't know yeah um a lot, a lot of our grain would come from europe where it's gmo free anyway yeah and it's it, we say it's it, we have a poultry and uh, a pig industry in this country and i mean they're totally fed on grains yeah yeah and that's where a lot of that grain goes to like the you import know? grain right yeah, yeah would okay. be going to the pig and poultry sectors um, yeah yeah the, the other yeah. two sectors that that feed meal would be dairy and beef and um you know, I, I on this farm i don't see or we don't we don't feed very little grain uh, or very little meal because that's yeah. kind of the collective name for yeah and what what you if and it's in a nut farm so it's all kind of blending into a nut you know so it's a, a pellet yeah. Yeah. So whatever is in it, you know. So, yeah, I'd say that that's my take on the GMOs. Like I, from looking at the GMOs, like GMOs definitely give the farmer who is producing the GMOs or has access to production, but it gives him a competitive edge and a global market. Yeah, yeah. He's he's it's he has access to chemicals and you know. Mm -hmm. uh, in the, if, 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 if we're not allowed to use GMOs, I'm not saying we should or should not, and I, I can expand on that a little bit later, but in the American farmer, this world now, and you're, you're selling into a global market, then they ha the, the people who have access to GMOs have a competitive edge in the yeah. marketplace. Yeah, I think that's so, indisputable. Yeah. Yeah, so, so there, there's that. Um, that really, I suppose, when you have a scarcity of product, it really doesn't matter because everything is going to be bought at a premium. Yeah. But when you are oversupplied, yeah, you can survive and your non-GMO friend probably not so good. But if given the choice, would I farm GMOs if I if I could? I, I wouldn't, no. Yeah. All yeah, things I being figured, equal, no. I yeah. figured the... the um... Well, it just didn't seem to match up with the what kind of the, the zeitgeist of Ireland Irish farming and the ethos, you know, kind of mm. where it's just you know it's so pastoral, so green, so and the I mean the American situation is so ludicrous for a number of reasons. Um, one of them, I think, is just the subsidies of this. It's just this system of 
you know, GMO grain, GMO feed, ethanol, and factory farm animal products. Like you said, the 10,000 liters per cow kind of thing. Like that's not, that's not, you know, that's not like a normal cow's production rate. And it can only be supported by this exact system of yeah. which we know has extreme negative consequences for all sorts of orthogonal, you know, things pointing off this whole system, right? Whether it be for human health or the cow's health or, or just the long-term vision of agriculture in our country, you know? Um, I, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't want to get too preachy about GMOs, but I do want to, want to talk about it. Cause I do feel strongly about, about that, um, mm. for, for a number of reasons. Is there, you said that Ireland is grain poor in terms of, uh, in, in indigenous production. Yes. Is there a movement to, is there, is that because of land or just farming will or people don't want to grow it or. Or is there, um, is there like a movement of Irish farmers to try and bump that number up and get more local local grain produced? I'd say we'd love, we'd love to, but it's a low profitability sector. Low profit, yeah. So that's the other yeah. thing is the economic realities of this, where something could be desirable, but impossible given the current global economic reality, basically, right? Which is how I feel about farming in general, is like all these things are, desirable yet um they're just um, impossible except for maybe a random farmer here or there that just has has the means to do it would you agree with that yeah i would um and could we yeah um you like i said you're competing on a global market bob and yeah. if, if if we can produce grain at a given price here and it can be imported cheaper than that i mean our our, our farmers are at a disadvantage straight off yeah you know and yeah, they, they they do extremely well for the hand they're dealt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As it is, and would more people do it? No, because dealing is too profitable. Um, yeah. Um, we 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 can get the yields per acre higher than almost anywhere else. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. that's what kind. Of, that's what that's that's probably one of the factors that's keeping the tillage sector alive here. The downshot of that is because we have such a moist climate, the, the cereal crops in this country really have to put up with a bigger disease pressure than a lot of other yeah. uh, countries, you know, with the, with the moist climate, mm -hmm. with, uh, yeah, uh, fungus, uh, fungus pressure and stuff. So yeah, they're, they're resilient. They're a resilient breed here, uh, in this country, but they're, they're good. They're good at it. And, you know, we, I'd say everything has probably been done to encourage them to stay at it, but the economic realities always win. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting because it's kind of similar here in America. I mean, for as far as, I, as far as I'm concerned, it's all about the subsidies in America. And I don't know how that works in Ireland, but I mean, the most insane things get subsidized in America and the most versus, say an organic farmer in America. And, you know, that's a loaded term, right? That, that's a political term now. And it, it's also mm. a regulatory term. So it has so many different meanings, right? Where, where an organic farmer is actively punished and has to, not only has to compete on, on that open market, but oftentimes doesn't get the same subsidies and oftentimes has to pay extra for those certifications and pay extra out of pocket. 
And also if you get land that wasn't organic, you have to convert it over three years and all mm -hmm. this different stuff. So it's, yeah. it's really a punishment kind of a thing where you, you really have to be dedicated and financially solvent to, uh, to, to make the shift. Now, I do yeah. think there are a lot of American farmers that are doing it very creatively um, in terms of, you know, they're, and this is also what I wanted to get into is like kind of the, the local thing because I was obsessed with um, like farming in India and Philippines and the global South uh, and, you know, and more like third world countries for a while. Cause uh, one of my mentors was really, um, was really into this. And he was always talking about this thing called SRI. Uh, it stood for system of rice intensification. And, uh, but it applies to almost any crop, you know, in terms of, you know, whether it's, you know, wheat, corn, turmeric, you know, all sorts of stuff where, and not a lot of people know this, uh, but the, the world record for rice yield was set by a peasant Indian farmer with no tools, no, you know, very, you know, very basic uh, irrigation, no, no chemicals, no fertilizers, right? No, anything. And so it is impossible, it is possible to be extremely intensive uh, on, you know, through that, but it is a very different style of agriculture and it's very, it, it can be very labor intensive and it, it, it is better yeah. suited for more like less quote unquote, technologically advanced farmers. But at the same time, they're and not not just setting the world record yield of rice, but like by literally by like four times. So not by ten percent or twenty percent, by like four hundred percent, right, or three hundred percent, or whatever it is. And so I always find that fascinating. That it's just the way we're we're brainwashed and sold into the system of of that this needs to be done this way. And of course, there's the whole we always hear the GMO propaganda that our population is increasing. We need GMOs to feed the world, right? Especially in Africa, especially in India, Bangladesh, Philippines. Do you have any comments on, on that rant I just gave? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Well, okay. Right. And um, the first world is different from the third world, right? Mm -hmm. yeah, so in the first world, America and Europe are pretty similar. It's around 10% of your income is spent on food. Yeah. So yeah, the only reason crazy. you're not a farmer is because I'm a farmer and you had that one before. <laughs> Thank you for your service. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The only reason I'm a farmer is because I'm not a podcaster. But, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We should switch for, so, we'll do that like reality TV show, switch for a day or, <laughs> or a week. <laughs> so by, by, by food being readily available and very cheap, it allows people to live their lives the way they want to live them. Yeah. Otherwise, they'd spend their days scrounging for food. Yeah. So if you if you if if you're going to, you know, produce food like you were saying there, um, organically, um, it's very labor intensive. Like it's mm. very labor intensive. It, it's you know if you have to hand weed crops. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, are you going? Are the people even available to do that? Uh, um, will people do that? Will you mm -hmm. get people to do it? Food would be would get much more expensive than ten percent of your income if you were to do that, because those yeah. people would have to be paid a living wage to do that. Yeah, and it's backbreaking work. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. so there's there there's that and. You know the relentless pressure of driving down the price of food, and it's relentless. 
you yeah. know, any kind of um, gain in efficiency that we make through adopting new technologies or new, new work practices, we get a kind of a bump for three or four or five years in our income. But the relentless pressure takes that gain and then asks for more again. You know, yeah. and if you don't, if you don't take up those new technologies and move on, you're going to get left behind. And eventually, you realize that you're so far behind, you got to give up. Like, because the the investment needed to catch up. Then at that stage, it's, it's just, yeah, it just can't just just can't be justified. Like, so, yeah, that, that's that's the environment we're 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 working in now. If you can get into niche products, and like they're small, they take up a small volume of. Yeah, what's produced those those niche products, and very soon you have a niche product, and very soon there's some other one in the same niche, which you like, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, th- my thoughts on that, right? People working organically, yeah, they're they're using um, maybe they're 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 using methods that have been forgotten about and that shouldn't have been forgotten about they they're they're using natural um natural fertilizers and natural plants and animals that coexist and actually you know they they, they each gain from it and you get a gain yeah. there yeah there's a lot of le- there's a lot of learning to be done there before you could feed the world with 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 that type yeah. of farming you know but could it be done this was if the will was there and the funding was there to do it because there's a lot of research and a, a lot mm-hmm. of education to be done to, to move that particular vehicle along the road you know yeah no i agree with what yeah. you said it's that very you know we've got to be realistic but also mm. what, what i see is this kind of this takeover and it's happening irrespective of the economic position of any nation like america farmers are getting pushed out and consolidated you know the big Mm -hmm. meme is bill Bill gates is buying up all the farmland in america and i think that is true he is you know but i think even even irrespective of that even if he wasn't everyone else is you know blackrock and all these weird investment firms and things like that are pushing out Mm -hmm. you know they so much economic pressure on and it's heartbreaking you hear like you know you know three generation five generation eight generation farmers that are that have to sell their farm once they're you know and then their kids become lawyers or something right which is kind of you know every you know everyone should be allowed to do what they want to do you know no one should be forced to be a farmer but i think there is something a little heartbreaking there and uh and then also in the developing regions like you know like africa where the huge push and this is something i'm very familiar with is bill gates push for um basically chemical and genetic farming in africa uh where you know with all trying to convert all their staples you know millet and cowpea and um you know taro and um and again you know rice and corn and soy and and wheat and those things and it's just you know, I, I do think that a lot of African farmers may want to expand and may want to grow and, and go beyond their current models, you know, and economic mm. realities. But I know it's not going to end the way they think it is with Bill Gates and all those, and, you know, and all these investment firms and uh, chemical companies taking over their entire agricultural 
mode, you know? So it's, yeah. I think it's a de delicate yeah. situation. And, um, yeah. and I don't know, I, I'm definitely of the mind. I'm of the mind that we we can probably, we could probably do better at, uh, than, than we, than we, we're, we don't have to accept the mode that is being handed, handed to us on this platter. Right. Would you agree with that? Like, it doesn't have to be this way, you know? No, it it, 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 um, yeah. It will take a lot of fight and a lot of, you know, we'll have to yes. figure it out, of course, but I don't know. That's how I feel about it. But it, it, it would take an enormous effort to, to stop that juggernaut now. Like, but you can see their business plan. Like, yeah. If they're buying agricultural land, they know there's no more agricultural land being made. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. The, the world population is growing. Yeah. So you have a business model there that's bound to, you're, you're bound to, you're bound to win. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Just like that. Um, the, the other thing, I, I suppose, is, yeah, the money, that, that type of money has had to, to, to stop or slow down even, you know? Yeah. 30% um, of the food in the world never gets eaten. Yes. Yes. Thank. Oh, thank you for bringing this up. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. So, so why is that? Um, yeah. It's 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 an awful waste. It's 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 a horrendous waste. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like that would feed an awful lot of people. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. The, so well, the 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 whole the concept. I mean, we've gone from everyone needs to be a farmer. Everyone needs to scrounge for food every day to we can throw away any amount of food we want and nothing will ever bad will happen in in about yeah. 100 years it seems right you know and it it's kind of crazy yeah. because the i mean that's what jonathan i mean i you'd love our previous guest and my friend dr jonathan latham who's a he's a virologist but he, his main passion is agriculture and uh um and he's from the uk as well and he uh his whole thing is that is basically in every market, in every economy, in even in even in global south markets and everything, there's virtually no place on earth that that doesn't have an abundance of food, right? And it's it's not just even hoarded in America and Europe or Canada or whatever. It's it's there's an abundance of food everywhere in the world, essentially. And there there should be no uh, issue with uh, people getting food. And then we hear crazy stories, especially in America. You hear the, the FDA paying farmers, buying their cheese and letting it rot in a cellar and then throwing it away, you know, um, or, you know, pay, now the whole thing. And then now the more conspiratorial thing is pe people getting paid to kill off their entire chicken stock or their entire uh, cattle stock and everything. What do you think of those stories and what's going on there? I honestly don't believe them. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I find it. Look. There's a lot of chatter on the internet, and you can get traction for any crackpot fucking idea you come up with. You know? <laughs> I, I honestly couldn't see uh, herds of cattle being slaughtered and dumped. No, 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 no. That. I, yeah, yeah, that's the big thing coming now. But the, okay, but I know that the cheese thing, like the FDA. I know that the price control thing that is real and, it, and that's been going on for a long time in America yeah. where, where pe people's farmers products will get bought and they will rot in a cellar somewhere. And it, instead of going into people's diets and mouths, it will mm. essentially be 
just allowed to rot on taxpayer dime. And that's that's another. I mean, I don't know how we get out of that conundrum. Well, you know, that you. That used to happen in Europe, and I'd say that program is still there, but I don't think it's been activated for years and years. And okay. the, reason, the reason it's there is that there's a... Okay, if you supply 101% of the food that's demanded, yeah, you're going to be dumb. People will only eat so much. 100% yeah. of what they want to eat is what they'll eat. That other 1% is too much. And believe it or not, the price of that 1% determines the price of the previous 100%. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Think about Same. it. So, so if if you allow that to continue a little over, like the market will probably overcorrect in time. But it, there's an agricultural production cycle, and various sectors have different cycles. Um, a tillage cycle is probably nine or ten months. You put the seeds in the ground, you harvest them, and maybe eight or nine months, and then you do oh. the same the next spring. And if the price is very low, you may not put in as many acres. The price is high, you put in more acres, and that cycle kind of self-regulates in a way. The dairy cycle is much, much longer than that, and it has been shortened a little with, with what we call sex semen and genomic typing. But yeah. it's still long. And from the day your heifer calf is, um, uh, is born, which is nine months after the day she was... Um, you know, before the she was the cow and the bull came together, like to the start the cycle. Yeah, it's two years before she will have a calf of her own before she starts to produce milk. So okay. it's probably a three-year cycle in dairy. Okay. So, it, like, if if you allow if 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 you allow that on that that. Those low prices to continue for that length of time, a lot of people will go out of business, and then when they realise that there's a scarcity of product, it's three years again before you can ramp up supply. Yeah. Makes so sense. to take the madness out of the system, I can see why DFDA takes stuff off the market. Okay. But what used to happen in Europe when they did that, they put it in cold storage. And they held it in cold storage and they released it back onto the market when the price recovered, or else they sold it to third countries at a discount. Okay. That's so that's kind of the reasoning behind those market manipulation <clears throat> of market taming measures. Yeah. Know? Okay. Yeah. So yeah. that's 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 why that that's that's why that is like do why do they allow it to rot? Do they allow it to rot? Yeah, that's um, that's, that's a the question. Yeah. yeah, what's the economy yeah. like? The fresh, the fresh produce market in Ireland. You know, people growing vegetables and fruits and and things like that. Be beyond the dairy and beyond the meat and the and the and the cows and the grains and everything in Ireland. What's that? Is that yeah. growing? Is that kind of are there more farmers markets like there are in America now? Is that like a booming market, or has it always been that way? Or no, no people people are leaving the market. People uh, are leaving. Yeah, those uh, to, uh, vegetable farms closing down. Yeah, it's cheaper to fly it from the south of Spain into south Ireland. South of Spain. Oh, okay, interesting. And yeah. bring avocados from California. Is that so? South of Spain is like Europe's California, basically, in terms of lettuce and. 
in, yeah. in green. You can, you, and, can you, know, and... you can even see it on Google Maps. The, Oh. The, the the green the the greenhouses the 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 plastic tunnels yeah there and yeah that's 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 where the fresh vegetables that that are grown in Europe that's where they come from you have the stuff here in the season yeah it's just you know small growers in farmers markets the yeah. supermarkets they won't supply the supermarkets they can't yeah okay yeah. yeah that makes sense it's, yeah yeah it's all accounted for it seems huh yeah yeah interesting it's <laughs> we've the same yeah. we're the same market realities you have same yeah market. yeah <laughs> do you have are you the type of farmer that farmer that has your own vegetable garden and grows your own stuff just kind of as a hobby like uh or or like a little patch or or do you do you buy all that stuff as well we buy it better than that yeah oh, okay we don't have we don't have we I know it might take an awful lot of time, but it would take time. Um, and dairy farming is, uh, it's a 365 day job. Yeah. 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 And, uh, <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty long days as well. So yeah, yeah the, I suppose the time, the time. How, when do you wake time. up in the morning? How early? 4 a.m., 5 a.m., 6 a.m.? No, we wouldn't. We, um, this time of year about seven like and uh but your day wouldn't Amazing. finish until you <laughs> yeah, just kidding. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> well i'll be i have another hour with you and i'll have to go then and um yeah. that's fine I, you won't even they won't even need an hour more of my time but yeah. we'll finish up around eight eight thirty tonight oh, okay so it's still yeah. a 13 hour day jesus <laughs> yeah because because yeah, and that's every day, Bob. That's seven days. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Every day, three sixty-five. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So wow. there, there has to be a certain amount of time between milkings, and we milk twice a day. So you you, you just can't milk them every. You know, if you're milking twice, I mean, there has yeah. to be uh, a certain amount of time between the milkings. You know, and your are day is pretty your, well taken up. Are most of your neighbors dairy farmers too? They are. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And you do you, do you guys do you guys get together and talk shop or how does that work? I always wondered. Yeah, the, yeah. <laughs> we was actually in fact the local um, so the IFA, which is the Irish Farmers Association, have a barbecue tonight. Oh, cool. so yeah. yeah, we might go to that. But yeah, we would meet up. <laughs> yeah, you exchange. You you have a, a program where you exchange ideas on farming, and that we would meet up once a month. Uh, for yeah. that with, with with local farmers and yeah sure i mean you're always talking to to your yeah. friends which are always farmers so yeah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 it's kind of yeah it's, it's full-on farming really yeah but i mean you wouldn't be in it unless you like it and yeah like it, you know, so. i always yeah. wanted to go to ireland i've never been actually it's funny we were talking the only place in europe i've been is actually um uh, Holland in in Amsterdam, um, except for London, just for a night when we flew in. But uh, mm. I always wanted to go. This is just an, an aside, but uh, I was a handball player growing up, right? Oh yes. And yes. all the best, uh, all the best handball players are are Irish, even in America. You know, they're well, not all of them. You know, there's a, there's a good mix, but I think the yeah, I think the uh, probably like the top three right now are all Irish American guys, and. Mm. Um, 
and yeah, I always wanted to see how what what the handball scene was like in Ireland. I don't know if you know anyone that plays or if you guys you guys play or anything, but uh, I I grew up playing in in California, and we would play these guys in in tournaments. These Irish guys, and the thing is, they have a totally different style of hitting the ball. You know, it's completely yeah. foreign to to us. And so yeah. yeah, I remember I remember getting knocked out of a couple semifinals by some some Irish blokes for sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I did. Yeah. I, I I played handball myself when I was younger. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 So what? Yeah. Were you playing in four walls or one wall or three walls? Where, where, oh. What kind of style were you? We used to play three walls mostly. It, it was oh, okay. in the school. In the school I went to, we yeah. had uh, we had four alleys and uh, alleys we used uh, to call them. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. there's just three walls. There was one that had four walls. Yeah. But um, the, the other the other three had, had just three ones. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Would yeah. you would yeah. you play it with a with an open hand or with the close or with your closed fist? Definitely. Well, mostly open, but then every every random shot we do a closed fist. Some sometimes we usually up yes. to the ceiling because I would play mainly four wall handball, basically rack a ball with your hand, you know, mm. with the back wall mm. and everything in the ceiling, and but we did have a three wall courts too. Um, but one wall was always more like East Coast, like New York City, and those guys. And actually, my coach, he was in California, but he was an old Jewish guy from the Bronx in New York City and used to play one wall handball against Yankee Stadium for money oh. as a kid, you know, and used to literally support his like his mom and his, his family by winning handball tournaments out there, you know, in the I don't know, in the 50s or something. But yeah, we yeah usually open fist uh, or open hand and. Um, what else was I gonna say about that? Uh, yeah, but that's cool. I, I love that you guys play. Oh yeah, and the the, the famous club in San Francisco, because San Francisco has a huge Irish, you know, right or did you know at least back then. So they have this South End Rowing Club, uh, which is literally you know for rowing out in the bay and stuff. But it's this now it's a fancy athletic club, and uh, they have these incredible courts. They're indoor, four wall, but made out of wood, painted wood. So it's a totally, it's just a luxurious, you know, the walls are wood, everything. When usually it's like concrete or something. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. that's cool. Yeah. All the kids, a lot of the kids played handball growing up during, uh, during in Ireland. That's interesting. Yeah. 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 It yeah. was, yeah, there was to be a handball alley in practically every parish, I'd say, uh, <laughs> in the country. And, uh, wow. yeah, yeah. it was, um, we have a big, uh, uh, we, the, uh, the, the Irish national sport is, we have two, really. It's called it's Gaelic football and hurling. Yeah, I've and heard of Gaelic football, yeah. Yeah, uh -huh. and hurling as, hurling as well, which is probably as big as Gaelic football okay. in most parts of the country. And yeah. the, G, the GEA administered those two sports, but they also administered handball. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, so, so the, G, the GEA players would play handball maybe at times of the year when they wouldn't be playing uh, Gaelic football or hurling. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Because indoors or the, sheltered kind of thing, yeah. Exactly. Know. Yes. Yeah. That's how that's how it begins to pop right here. Yeah. yeah, that's so yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why I always Same. wanted to go. Yeah, but I wanted to ask you mm. about the. Actually, Glenn wanted me to ask you about um, the. I don't know if you heard. I think we were talking a little bit. The the Amish farmer getting raided by the FDA now, and it's the whole thing. This this story seems to come up every every couple of years or something like a version of this story with different characters, but the whole, um, the raw milk thing in America is a big, it's a big like health freedom kind of thing, uh, where 
you know, people want to buy their raw milk, but it's illegal according to the FDA. And it seems like most of the time, in fact, the vast majority of the time, if the farmers are doing it right, people don't get sick from raw milk. But every once in a while, something happens, and then the FDA goes hog wild on these guys and shuts them down, brings them, you know, goes in with guns and, you know, machine guns and stuff like that. And uh, that seems to be a uniquely American phenomenon. <laughs> what do you think about all that? Yeah, so there's this Amish guy who, and now it's kind of, you know, kind of the more the more conservative conservatives are kind of running with this story, kind of as like they're trying to take over your farms and shut down your farms, kind of thing. And actually, a a, good, a, a frequent guest of our podcast, Jeremy Lafredo, uh, he's I think he's talked with this guy, and he's 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 an independent journalist, and he. He, yeah, he's he's big on the the, the claim that uh, they are targeting these guys, and I I I lean I agree honestly because I I've heard horror stories of small farmers trying to you know just, just trying to jump through these hoops and they get absolutely roasted versus a big farm that often has way bigger problems you know in terms of ecologically or even with human health right and they seem to get a pass yeah. right yeah do you have any comments on yeah. that? Um, I, I wouldn't be familiar with the Amish, with, with, <clears throat> with, that, with the Amish story. Um, we, we'd have uh, uh, a raw milk um, market, we're very small here. Um, yeah. And I haven't really, I, I've never heard of any issue with it. But I could see how an issue could crop up with it if it has to be done to the farmer and, and the hygiene, basically. Um, if you. If 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 you took all the precautions, there should never be an issue with it. I mean, yeah. when we were young and we were raised on the farm, we drank raw milk all the time, and it was no problem. Okay. But there, you can see how it could be a problem. I mean, there could be issues with cows. That there was one. There was a, an issue. There was a thing called brucellosis one time. It's not. Okay. It's it's eradicated. It's not around now. I, I, it's 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 related probably to tuberculosis. Twas bru, mm. brucellosis was the name, of it, and that could get transferred through the milk to to uh, to humans. And what that, the symptoms of that was like a persistent flu that you couldn't get rid of. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. There was actually I don't think there was there was some people who had, had to put up with that flu for their lifetime. Wow. So. Yeah, no, if the cows are regularly tested, and there is no issue testing cows for it because it was tested out of existence in this country in a relatively short space of time. Yeah. You know, a couple of years and it was eradicated. It's not here anymore. Yeah. So that, I don't know of any other diseases that can come through the milk that, that would be that serious. I could see how you could get bacterial stuff, you know. Milk is, is a relatively sharp shelf life, you know. Yeah, it's probably refrigerated and handled properly. There shouldn't be an issue. Yeah, if it was regulated properly, I mean, constant inspections and 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 you're you're held in in you're held in, in top um, um, you know condition and regularly tested for diseases. There shouldn't be no issue. Yeah, and, mm -hmm. and so you would say there might be a conspiracy theory there to shut down small farmers. Yeah. They could very well be. Wouldn't I? Don't think it happened in this. It wouldn't happen in this country. I couldn't see that happening in this country. That a, set, a sector of the industry would be targeted like that. You know, yeah, don't think it would happen. But then it we're all small yeah. farmers in this country. So yeah, well, yeah. It seems like just a different culture in Ireland where all these things are more 
you know, it's just more, I, I don't know, America is just insane with what's going on. You know, you're, you're either, mm. you're either part of this machine or you're against it, you know, and it's, and that was kind of the comment I wanted to make about the, the Kerrygold butter and the GMOs is that there, there's such a huge, like, I was kind of commenting snarkily about it because it seems like in America, even when you try to escape um, the system and try and be like a health advocate or whatever, you're always fooled by some company that claims they're doing X, Y, and Z, whether it's grass-fed beef or something like that. And then, yes. lo and behold, it turns out that they're not really doing that. You know, and when I looked into it, and, you know, and especially after talking to you, I realized Kerrygold is probably better than most, you know, like way better. You know, but in mm. America, it's, it's everyone's scamming each other, and it seems like they—it's you know what do they call it? Greenwashing, right? Where they're 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 selling this version, this pastoral version of like you know the the red barn and the cows in the field, and it's nothing like that. And I know yes. Whole Foods got into trouble, um, and it's funny because you know everyone always makes fun of the the vegan advocates and the vegan activists. I mean, um, but they're but really, it's it, this is what I because there's this whole so there's this group called DXC which is very, uh, very militant, you know, vegan activists, right? Where they, mm -hmm. but they're very big on animal welfare and they were breaking into Whole Foods. Whole Foods used to rank their turkeys and their other meats, but especially their turkeys, from like one to five stars. One star being like not that good animal welfare and five star being a lot pricier, but supposedly the turkey was out in the field running around eating eating insects and scratch and things like that. And so <clears throat> they would, uh, <clears throat> they would break into these, uh, these five star whole foods, uh, turkey farms. And it's a factory farm, you know, that's like the, their breasts are rotting out, their feathers are falling out. They're all in each other's feces, just completely diseased. And, so I always find that funny, like, you know, it's the, it's the vegans that are like, you'd think that the, the people eating the turkeys would care about the quality, mm -hmm. but a lot of people don't want that mirror held up to their face, you know, kind of thing. And it's funny yes. about Whole Foods, like the, the Whole Foods CEO or ex-CEO, he was like a vegan too, I think, or was like a, so it's just this whole, everyone's just getting scammed in America, I think, and all over the world, but I, it's probably better in Ireland, I would guess. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. I, I don't know what the regulations are like in, in America, but regulation, I, I wouldn't know an awful lot about the pig and poultry industries, you know, um, mm -hmm. but EU regulations are, it's, it, are draconian. Um, yeah. They, it's, it's really, it's, it is one of, the, it's the biggest reason that, that English farmers voted, a majority of them for Brexit. Oh, so it's a farmer thing. Well, we said that the farmers wouldn't be enough after the population in England, yeah. but a majority of the farmers would have voted for Brexit. Oh, yeah, and a lot of it, a lot of it had to do with the EU regulations on yeah. on, on, on on farms and the draconian. Like, I mean, mm -hmm. I I know little enough about 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 pig and poultry, but. I mean, tie-up stalls are, are, are abolished. I see them going on about that. The, um, I'd say the, the pig would have a better time in Ireland than I would like. <laughs> <laughs> His accommodation and the whole bit is just, you know, it's, 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 it's five-star. Yeah. Um, 
And, and we have we have it here. And of course, we, we, we'll growl and give out about it when new regulations come down the line. And we work with them. And, and we kind of have, have to work with them because yeah. we're inspected. And uh, you get used to it. You get used yeah. to it. And it's... It's probably it is good. It's probably good for the industry that that these regulations are there, you know, because yeah. But most progressive farmers would have been doing it properly anyway. There were probably some that weren't, and they get either exit or they up their game, you know. So yeah, up their game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So like in a, in an idealistic world, like yes, it would be all pastoral type farming, but I don't think it would feed the world. But yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, I think that there's a lot of uh, discussion to be had on that. And yeah, we got to come to terms with a lot of that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I suppose that you, if people that people that want, if, if people that want and are willing to pay for, for um, you know, for, for organic and proper organic food, that market should be there for them. They sh- it should be there for them, and, it sh- and, and, and there should be no corners cut. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And it gets into the whole, that's that's my whole thing with the pastoral, especially the pastoral meat, you know, not so much the dairy or the eggs or the or the chickens or whatever, but really the, the like the big life, you know, livestock kind of stuff. You know, in America, it's just kind of assumed that we could switch over to this grass-fed system and maintain our current level of consumption and i mean that's fine like you know whatever but i've I've just tried to run the math on this so many times and it just doesn't add up you know and it's kind of you're either saying that we need way less people like a huge population call of humans um (laughs) or a dramatic decrease of people eating this stuff right which is kind of yeah. kind of what I argue, honestly, is like we need to shift on the kind of the very things we eat, or there's going to be yeah. an elite, very privileged, core, small percentage group of people that get all the good stuff, and the rest get all the the dystopian meat and stuff, you know. And so that's, I don't know, it's yeah. kind of a weird. It's I don't know. It's just I just I just want to be realistic about it, you know. And it, it seems that I don't know. Yeah. 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 Well. Yeah. No, yeah. Um. And the funny thing about it is, uh, I'd say for most of the life, from what I see on YouTube and stuff, and see you, you can follow farmers on YouTube and see what they do yeah, in yeah. their daily life. I mean, they're doing shit there. Yeah. And a lot of the, we'll say, take beef. Those animals are reared on, um, you know, they're reared on grassland. Yeah, for most of the, it's, yeah. Yeah, for, for a lot of their life. It's uh-huh. the final finishing period, they get into the feedlots. Yeah, 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 and and that's where the fun starts. Then you know, yeah, um, with you know, um, the, the, as far as I know, you can still administer synthetic hormones to beef in the states. You can feed as routine. You can feed antibiotics. Yeah, in the feed, uh, <laughs> that won't happen in Europe. Yeah, that doesn't happen in Europe. Yeah, so. You're right. Big egg won't allow that to happen. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. Won't. They have too much. Big egg, or big, big, big industry, big anything in America. Oh, it seems to me, looking at uh, from here, I hope they won't come looking for me. They have enormous political power. Yeah, 
Yeah. Does it take a billion dollars to become president of the state? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's the. Yeah, yeah where's that exactly. going to come from? Yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah, it's yeah. it's huge, and I that's kind of a big, yeah. kind of where I went to school. There was that was a huge. There were a big land grant institution, and uh, you know, a big. Um, <laughs> it was yeah. You saw some very. You saw some smart people look the other way on a lot of stuff because that's the way things were done, you know, and it's just clearly and a lot of people's salaries were good. I mean, it's such a weird that's such a weird thing to me, too, is is being a being an academic for the ag industry. I'm not saying that no one that it should. <laughs> I'm just, It's just interesting, like a guy getting paid a six figure salary to teach propaganda at a university on behalf of the ag industry. That's just a weird thing for me. I know that's in every industry, but for something that just, it seems extra weird about it for being an agricultural thing. You know, like you literally, yeah. you have your nice house and you have your salary and everything. And you're, you're just teaching people this, this, that this oftentimes horrible way of farming is good, you know, and that the FDA is good or that, the, you know, and it's just, it's very strange, very bizarre to me. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I, I, who you get run off on tangents, like, but, if it no, like, okay. if I had two billion, I could nearly be the president of the states. Like, could I? That'd be great. Yeah, we should. Yeah, well, could we start. Yeah, I'll start if you can buy us, <laughs> yeah, get the two, get the two billion. Or at least a senator, <laughs> senator or something. Yeah. yeah. So, like, whoever <laughs> pays the fire calls the tune, and that's always going to be there. That's yeah. never going to change. Yeah, yeah. Stories all this time. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Definitely. So, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, um, where there's money to be made, there's always going to be, there's always going to be, you know, stuff going on that shouldn't be going on. Like, yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah. 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 Well, um, yeah. Yeah, go, we'll go ahead. Yeah, no, I'm, yeah, I'm letting you go. Where's the. Oh, no, that was great. I the, think. Uh, where's the end? Where's the interpreter going? Yeah, I know. Yeah, where'd he go? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm here. Yeah. I think that I think that um, it seems to me that like a lot of kind of tying it all back to 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 uh, what you guys were talking about at the start with the the climate change stuff and the emission stuff. Yeah. <clears throat> it seems to me that like the the push for all of this is really a kind of a slow push to take small independent farmers out of the market without trying to do it necessarily all at once. Like, I don't know if you go and look at like the, the total like greenhouse gas emissions by sector, I like agriculture. Also like according to, to this, like agriculture, forestry and land use 18.4% of all greenhouse gas emissions in CO2 equivalent. So that includes a methane, right? But if you, I mean, livestock and manure is 5.8%, agricultural soils, 4.1%. Like these aren't big numbers compared to like heavy industry, the transportation industry and everything. Like, like why would you waste your time going after the food supply when the overall numbers are so small? You know, and if you if you even like not even just like replacing like uh, like coal fired like electricity plants with 
like green energy or with nuclear, even if you just replace them with natural gas plants, mm -hmm. you would save more CO2 than you would by, by messing with farmers, you know? Mm -hmm. So like, it just mm -hmm. kind of seems to me that like, you know, everything that we're seeing with these new regulations, like sometimes, like, as you're saying, right, you know, new EU regulations come in and you get, you know, like a lot of it is to do with animal welfare, to do with health and safety and stuff. And it's like each time a new regulation comes down the line, you know, you grumble a bit, but, you know, in the end, uh, you know, everything kind of works out better and you stay competitive with the market. And then something like this comes down where it says, okay, we're going to reduce our, our emissions by 25% in the next X number of years. And that's like, like, what's that really going to be in, in like, like what, like 25% of 9%, yeah, exactly. you know, like yeah. the numbers are so small and it's like, if you spent all of that energy doing that and potentially risking the food supply which we already know is like at least somewhat precarious given all of the supply chain issues that we've seen like why would you risk the food supply when there's so many other things that are you know quite literally like low-hanging fruit right so yeah, like it's fishy. Yeah. It, it's fishy to me from our perspective here is there are <clears throat> They're going to drive down emissions with an agriculture to give the fossil fuels breathing space. Mm. Well, that's, that's the other a, thing, right? That's what we think. They, I mean, they, they think that the farmers are going to have less of an ability to, 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 to stop it, right? They think that the lobbying power of the farmers is not going it, to, it's, it's not going to be able to balance against, uh, you know, other industries that, that want to keep uh, to keep, you know, emitting fossil fuels or whatever. But I, I think it's kind of, you know, th there's another way of looking at it, which is that ultimately they think that corporatized farming is going to be more profitable in the future or is going to be a source of profits in the future as the the overall rate of profit in in, in various industries declines over time. And they, they're sort of getting their ducks in a row to be able to, to essentially seize the, the, the land, right? In the same way that's happening in a large scale now in the United States, you have all of the, you know, in, in places like Europe and in a lot, a lot of the developing world, you still have a lot of independent farmers or you still have a majority of farming being done by independent farmers. And it would be extremely surprising to me if, you know, large scale investment banks and, you know, the sort of the masters of the of the economy, uh, Bill Gates and all, if they didn't want to, uh, to do the same thing. So it's, yeah. you know, to, to ultimately replace what they would see as unreliable uh, and in independent farmers that are not under their direct control and have their own prerogatives uh if they wouldn't want to replace them with um you know with with their their boys essentially right so yeah. I, it's it it would be very surprising to me if this wasn't the case well you're, given you're very you're very attuned to the, the climate the the propaganda going on in that whole field right and very, not from a very, 
from a very pragmatic standpoint and the numbers standpoint. And like you said, I've ran those numbers too, and it, they don't make sense why they're doing the whole farmer thing. You know, after, it, it just doesn't, it just doesn't add up to me. And yeah, I agree. Everything I've seen, it seems it's, it seems regardless of whatever your feelings on climate change are, it, it is just the perfect, it's, well, A, it's just a, like a mind virus right now. And so you just invoke the term and people go vote with their dollars or their political will. Like, yes, I want Bill Gates to farm for me because of climate change. And you're like, wait, what? You know? And of course, the irony is the systems they're replacing this with are are not even climate friendly. You know, these, you know, these, it, having giant, you know, having a giant uh, nitrogen runoff in the Gulf of Mexico due to industrial farming is not environmentally friendly, right? But that's exactly the system that they want to make everywhere right and it's just it just doesn't add up to me it's it's a it's a total power grab and money grab i 100 percent agree yeah it's depressing really isn't it? um yeah if that's if, if that's what's happening um mm -hmm. yeah um yeah did you read george manbio's book uh no but i <laughs> is, is it i could guess what it's about though yeah it's it's probably pretty it's, yeah <laughs> It's bananas. Um, yeah. You know, it's funny. Yeah, he I was mean, kind of, sorry, just to, I have to say about him, I, he was someone that was a lot of people thought were allies in the environmental space just even a few years back, you know, and kind of, he, he was kind of heavy, heavy hitting against a lot of the, it's kind of like, you know, how, yeah, like whether it be with like the COVID thing or all sorts of different things where a journalist you once respected, it gets shaken up and all of a sudden you don't realize who your allies are anymore. So same thing with George Mombio, <laughs> same thing happened again where I kind of lost, I read a few of his articles a long time ago and I was like, oh yeah, okay, I can, I can get with this, you know? And then a mm. couple years, and then now, like a couple years later, I read what he's writing. I'm like, what happened to you, dude? It's, you know, it's like, <laughs> or you've probably always been this way, but I just didn't see it, you know, and I was naive. But yeah, so you, you read his yeah. book? <laughs> Is it, I, I've seen him speak on excerpts yeah. of it. I, I, I wouldn't waste my money buying it. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> they, he's, he wants to feed the world on bacteria. Yeah, and yeah, the, and yeah re, fermentation. And rewild, yeah, yeah, rewild uh -huh. uh, the land. Yeah. I yeah. mean, that's, yeah, I, it makes, it, it's it's just fairy tale stuff. And I, I don't know, anyone would. He's, really he's, a, he's a technic, he's completely technocratic. He's completely, you know, that's the thing. That was the con is that everyone was, everyone thought that he was against the Bill Gates fermentation tanks, the, you know, the whole, you know, feed the world in a vat and a tube and lab and everything. And, and then he just, he just started pushing that hook, line and sinker, probably a lot of money involved for him personally, like probably making hundreds of thousands, if not millions a year doing this now, I would assume. If not, that's really sad that he's doing it for free. You know? I think yeah. that you're seeing you're seeing like such a uh, a split right now. I think there's a lot of people who mm -hmm. were previously or considered themselves like uh, you know aligned with the with the green movement, and and I think that in yeah. the past, uh, maybe like not even that long ago there was like the major sort of push in the sort of the green movement is almost a kind of like green techno optimism. Yeah. And now what's happening is the appearance of mainstream like green techno pessimism, 
where, you know, like 10 years ago, you saw a lot of, you know, it was like, well, we'll, we'll do solar panels, we'll do wind turbines, you know, uh -huh. we'll have all this cheap, amazing green energy and, you know, we'll save the planet. Uh, we'll have we'll all have electric cars and you know now today we know that well you know these green uh power generation uh mechanisms are not as efficient or as uh sustainable as they were initially hoped to be not that they're not useful you know mm -hmm. to, to generate electricity but they're yeah, not exactly. useful to power the entire grid at least as we have it right now right like i think yeah. you know even uh, like as with with all of the tens of billions of dollars that have been pumped into subsidies for this, I think there's still uh, like 17 seconds of of storage power in the entire North American grid, uh, despite, you know, decades of research into pump storage technology and battery technology and everything. It's just not there yet. And we don't know yeah. if it's going to be there. And, you know, with electric cars 10 years ago, uh, I think everybody probably would have said, "Oh, we'll all be driving electric cars, right?" And now it's yeah. like, okay, well, we don't, you know, have enough. We don't have enough lithium. We don't have enough cobalt. You know, yeah. even if I, I saw a figure that was like, if you were to replace every passenger vehicle or just just like a passenger car in the United States with an electric car that isn't already an electric car, you would have to mine. Uh, you'd have to to take all of the lithium mines in the world and have them produce at 100% capacity for like 25 years just wow. to produce enough lithium. And like most of the mines don't have 25 years of lithium, you know, yeah, we still have yeah. to find more sources of it. But like the response to this from like a, a large number of people, mainstream people in the green movement now is, okay, well, we'll just go without cars. Yeah. You know, as, yeah, as, you've you know, been, you've been. <laughs> right. I mean, front. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was in, being involved in some Twitter back and <laughs> forth with these people. But like, yeah, there was this clip going around a couple of weeks ago, which was George Mambio being interviewed by the Irish News. And uh, the presenter was, was saying, you know, we have this huge dependence on farming in, in, in Ireland and the agricultural sector. And George yeah, Mambio right. said, well, that's an indulgence that we can't afford. Yeah. And that's Absolutely like insane. What? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think a it's lot food, of people it's food. Like that. <laughs> yes, yeah, yes exactly. exactly. Like food yeah. should be the food supply should be the last thing that we mess with. Yeah. You know, when there's well, so you, many other things. I mean, not to take a personal stab, but you look, you look into that guy's eyes and he's, he's bananas. Like he's lost it for sure. Like he's, uh, <laughs> you know, you can tell, yeah, there's, there's something going on there, but I know you're right. There is a split. And I, well, you guys know I've I've been you know I'm like largely in the plant based thing you know I I I don't I don't do the vegan thing all the way there are some exceptions that I do um, and there but there was a lot when I got into this I got into the whole plant based thing mainly from like a disease healing perspective like you know get ten decade or so ago and there was always it was way more um, the movement back then was way more. Uh, um, just way more based, you know, it was just way, uh, and way more uh, collaborative with, um, like, it was like the plant-based people hanging out and talking with the, like the omnivore farmers, like yourself, you know, the, the small pastoral types and everything. And, and everyone kind of like got, for the most part, like they disagreed or debated, but got along and we're kind of on the same page about things like pesticides, about GMOs, about, you know, corporations and pharma and things like that. 
And then like year by year, slowly, you know, over the last five years, it started changing and the whole plant-based thing went mainstream and it became all about, yeah, like lab this, fermentation that. And I'm not saying there aren't use cases for that stuff. Like I, I do think there are some, some cool biotech things that can happen. Um, but then, you know, then it became a whole pro GMO thing. And then, and then, yeah, it just, it just got super weird and to the point where it's like, I'm like, I'm so alienated by uh, a, a lot of people that I thought were cool and B just everyone new coming into it, you know, it just seems so, so strange. So, yeah. I definitely have more, way more allegiance to someone who is like, a doesn't want to throw away food and wants to, you know, like actually create communities than, than like a Bill Gates type or a George Mambia or something. And yeah, there was some, something changed hands back a couple years back. Cause it, yeah, every, everyone switched teams and it got, it got weird, but that's the world we live. Everything's in realignment, realignment now. Right. And it's, it's just such a bizarre time, time to be, be alive. And I'm, I'm just glad of honestly a huge part of doing this podcast with Glenn has, we've always been best friends, but this has been kind of us, uh, with all you guys kind of just being like, okay, wow. Like we, you know, okay, this is cool. This is, you know, like, where do we stand on all this stuff? It's kind of made, it made me feel like I'm not crazy, you know, and just, you know, and, and that there are a bunch of people that see the same things we do and that we we're all kind of have similar ideas and all this stuff. So do you guys feel the same? Yeah, well, certainly. Um, yeah. I mean, we have to make a living farming. Um, mm -hmm. <clears throat> But we'd like to think that the food that we produce is of the the, the highest quality and yeah. it's nutritious food. And we really can't think of any other way that we could produce food that would be a better quality than what we're producing now. Yeah. The way we're producing it, it <clears throat> it's the, the cows are out outdoors full time, um, 300 days a year, uh, they're out for that amount of time, um, what animal welfare is there? Uh, the, the humans in this country don't have an animal. I don't have a welfare, a health welfare <laughs> system like our like our cows have. Um, yeah, they they get their vaccinations. Um, there's, they, I would have a vet in the yard to 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 treat a sick cow quicker than a doctor would get her yeah. to treat myself. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. that, and that's that, that's that's one hundred percent. Any any farmer will tell you that. Yeah. Well, it's because you take pride in you know your your take pride in your profession and your craft, and I guess it's just like anything where like the people that really take pride in what they do, whether it's law or medicine or whatever, are always better than the people that just do it just going through the motions, right? And yeah, just with farming, it's no different, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And we, we work, like I told you, we work 13 hours a day with our cows. Yeah. And we know all our cows. Yeah. We know, we know our cows. We know their mothers. We know their grandmothers. We, we <laughs> know the families of cows that we have. And that's, that's the truth. You come, wow. you, next time you're in Ireland, call. Yeah. You point out a cow to me, and I'll tell you her father and mother. And I'll tell yeah, you yeah. <laughs> Put you to the yeah. test. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I I, I can yeah because because they're we, we work with them, yeah. we work with them all day every day, so we know them. Um, yeah, it's it's we couldn't do it any other way. Yeah, that'd be it. Yeah. Um, I, I I expect that there are farmers 
everywhere in the world that do that farm like that. Yeah, for sure. You know, yeah. yeah. Um, if if you if you're working constantly with animals, unless you're unless you're a machine, you're you're, you're going to have you're going to have to like your, your animals. So you, you won't stay at it anyway if you don't like them. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, well, you, you would, you wouldn't, you couldn't. You know? so I see, yeah. That, that's, that's from my point of view. And I have a lifetime spent at it. And I like what I'm doing. I like what I do. And I, I, I've, I've liked every day I've done it. Yeah, I can't say awesome. regret it any day. Yeah. yeah, yeah, And there's a saying that if you like, if you if you like what you work at, you'll actually never work a day in your life. Yeah, well, that's saying something for you, given you do put in like fourteen hour days. <laughs> yeah, so that yeah, that that's extra, extra true in your case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm extremely lucky that 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 I like what I do. Yeah, and I I say that most people do about do that. It's a very few square pegs and round holes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Would you think would you think? Yeah, I think yeah, I I I feel well again, it's it's weird to me because it seems like in Ireland a lot of pe more people know farmers, even though it is a small percentage of the population still, it's probably way mm. higher than it is in America, where it's America and it's all conglomerized and everything. So it's we're just so removed from mm. it. So I I would, I'd probably say that's probably more true in Ireland than America, but I still have deep respect for real American farmers that, that really do, yeah. you know? And I don't also, go, the other thing I, I also wanted to say too, and I, you probably feel the same as this, I don't begrudge farmers that are trapped in bad, poor systems, right? I, do you guys both feel that way where I don't blame the, you, you know, there are some farmers and indeed some very wealthy farmers that are, you know, that are pulling in, you know, you know, seven figures as part of their business, you know, where it's, they're still part of a system that, that they wake and find themselves, they find themselves in. Right. And it's hard, you know, when you got kids in college and stuff and you got to feed people, you know, so I, I get it, you know, so yeah. it's, you know, I, I don't like the blame game kind of thing, you know, but I do like pointing out just the re reality, you know, and what's actually happening, you know? And yeah. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, if you're economically tied to something and 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 you have a lot of your capital invested in it, yeah, yeah, you probably have to you know, probably have to slug it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so um, much. Thank thanks to both of you. Yeah, I uh, I think that'll do it for us. Um, you guys have got anything else you want to add before we end? We could keep going too. I, but yeah, usually this is around the time we, yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm fine, Bob. It's my cows are starting to um, uh, get ready to see me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's well, uh, it's, so it's PM milking time. Uh, yeah. Now, so, yeah. yeah, right on. Yeah. Well, good luck with that. And yeah. man, it's been a real pleasure uh, to speak okay. with you, and a privilege and an honor. Yeah. And thank you so much for what you do, and thank you for translating uh, realism. Uh, yeah, and for yeah, I really like your comments as well too. Agreed, hundred uh, percent. Yeah, thank you guys so much. Okay, if you yeah. if you're ever in Ireland, you can look us up, Bob. We'd be happy. I will. To, yeah, I'll plan a visit for sure. Definitely. Yeah, maybe yeah, you should yeah. uh, should put in some hard hard days labor on the farm. Yeah, ah, only if you okay. will. I'll do that if you uh, get on the handball court with me. Yeah, that'll be our. our oh God, oh, Bob, you have years. <laughs> you have years in me. <laughs> I tell you well, what, I'll, I'll give you a couple of glasses of 
real cool whole raw milk. There we go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No FDA. Yeah. No American. No one. No one, <laughs> no one to interfere with you. Yeah. 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 <laughs> all right. Yeah. All right, guys. Yeah. Have a good one. <laughs> okay, bye. All right. Thank you so Thanks much. Thanks, William. Bye. God bless.